Ori Krug. I'm so excited for anyone that's watching right now. This is going to be a really cool opportunity for anyone in the audience to explore some other ideas of getting into their body and also learning how to communicate emotions, untrap some emotions, um, and really experience some other part of themselves that may have been blocked for a long time. So thank you so much for coming on the show and or the show, the Zoom, that webinar. I don't know what it is, this video situation. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. And um, I'm happy to share more about dance and dance therapy. And anyone who feels called to dance more in their lives, if, you, if that's you or you know somebody, I would love to share how that can really help you on a deeper level than um, you may know or that you may have heard about before. Yeah, so let's talk about first, what is dance therapy? If someone's like, what do you mean dance therapy? What is, how could you explain that? The simplest way I'd explain that is it's like psychotherapy, but instead of using just words, um, we mainly use movement and dance, not technical dance, but just dance in the way that, you know, we express ourselves in our bodies and moving. Um, and so that's the primary language of the psychotherapy. Um, so we use movement to, uh, to help the clients express themselves. It's also a language that, that I would use with the client or the clients. So it's the way that we also communicate in that space where the work is really being done. Um, and it's also a way to um, help people understand themselves. And, um, you know, it could be lifelong patterns. It could be something that's going on in your life right now. And we don't necessarily have to use words to get in there because it is such raw material. Um, we can use it in a way that's, um, it's just more natural and flowing and a lot of times more enjoyable than talking about it and like struggling through the words. Yeah, and that's that's actually why it really appeals to me. For anyone that has been watching our journey the last couple of years, they know that dance is a new thing for me. <laughs> So um, I literally, even though I could do fitness and I was good to do burpees and jumping jacks and stuff like that, when it came to a freedom of movement, I really, really struggled. So how, first of all, how did you get into this dance therapy? Yeah. And I definitely want to respond to the comment that you just made too uh, after that. Um, so I've been dancing since I was four. I, my mom signed me up at a studio and I took ballet and tap and jazz and modern and all these different dance, uh, dance classes. And I grew up in a home that was tense, um, had a tense family environment. And so I was lucky to get to go to this dance studio four, four to five times a week. Um, so that was an escape in itself, but then to be able to express myself through this medium was really, really therapeutic. And I always thought of it as an escape. And then when I went to graduate school, I realized, um, you know, we can use dance. Not, it's, it's not always great. It's not always helpful to escape because we have to confront what we're going through. It's a way to get into. Um, but I'll back up a little bit. And I'll say that by the time I was 14, I was realizing that I was just always helping people. I was always listening really well and giving advice. And I was just really drawn to that. So 
um, it's kind of my life purpose to, to help and guide people. And I fell in love with dance. So it was, had my own therapeutic benefits. And I, I just married the two. My mom told me that dance therapy was a real thing. And so I went to college. I made my own major in dance therapy. Um, but then there are also graduate, uh, graduate programs all around the world that um, actually cert they set you up for board certification and registration and licensure. So that was, that was what I did. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've worked, can you also share some of the capacities that you've done this dance therapy? Like some of the people or, you know, the kind of people that it's helped. I mean, it can obviously help anyone, but specifically for you. Yeah. Um, well, typically when you're training to be a dance therapist, you're going to start out in institutions and um, versus private practice. So a lot of us tend to think of therapy happening in a private office and a one-on-one, but I started out at a psychiatric hospital inpatient in New York City, actually um, in Harlem specifically. So that was kind of scary to walk into. And, um, but also amazing to be able to work with people who were having their first psychotic break or dealing with schizophrenia for a while or severely depressed um, amongst many other um, mental health diagnoses and have them in a group together moving and sharing common expressions through movement and also being able to process it and process what they were going through. So I was in a psychiatric hospital. I also worked in a school that, um, it was a preschool that um, helped people uh, ages three to five with their emotional, um, emotional disturbances, oppos oppositional defiant behavior, and also um, kids on the autism spectrum. And so, it was a school and a treatment program together. I worked there for a while. And now I'm back at a psychiatric hospital, inpatient and outpatient. And I actually um, oversee all of the creative arts therapies. So art therapy, music therapy, and dance therapy. So if anyone wants to know more about that after the interview, they can ask me as well. Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's the main focus of what we do is around body, you know, using somatic practices, experiential to access some of those parts of yourself that you may not have access before. Um, that maybe cognitive therapies, you know, people can re-traumatize themselves by continually going through stories and cognitive therapies have their place for sure. And it can reach a place that it's not really helping the person. So what, how have you seen that relate in your practice and with the people you're dealing with, people that maybe have had a ton of therapy and how this kind of is another way to access parts of themselves? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is pretty much what I explain to everyone that I work with, because I work with different people every day since I am working in such an environment that... Um, there is so much um, in and out admitting and discharging. And so the most basic explanation that I give to people like, why are you here? Why are you in dance therapy? Because every emotion that we have has a physical sensation and every physical sensation prompts a movement. So emotion is very connected to the body, as you know, and also movement. Um, and we tend to we're pretty good at being able to avoid thoughts and feelings that we don't want to confront, right? Um, just because we're really good with words. Um, if we have a word pop into our head and we're like, nope, no, I don't want to, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to, you know, confront that right now. It's easy to kind of not think of the word, but that doesn't mean the problem goes away or the, the conflict goes away. So we can 
we can try as hard as we can to get it out of our conscious mind, but it still is in our subconscious mind, you can say, through the body. Um, and so psychotherapy, verbal psychotherapy traditionally, um, is helpful for people and it can be helpful all the way, or it can only be helpful to an extent or not at all, because there's so much work that can be done, much more work that can be done in the body, um, things that we may not be able to access just through words. And especially if we've gone through a very lifelong pattern of repressing the thoughts and the emotions that we don't wanna confront, like that's all part of us and that's all in our bodies. And I've even worked with, for example, um, like I've worked with psychotherapists who um, they've gone to therapy themselves, as therapists usually do. And then when coming to work with me really, really quickly, things come up that they, they thought they had resolved, but it just comes up so in, like in such a raw form, you know, in, in tears, in body sensations. And it's like, I thought I had this resolved. I talked about this for years and it's, you know, that's a good example of you definitely worked on it. You, you made your progress and you've come to some resolution, but it still lives in you in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of dance and I, I have to dance or I, I, I lose it. Like <laughs> I gotta lose it. Movement in general. If he it's, doesn't move if it, I, yeah, it, if I don't move it's it, it's, it's a big deal. And it's a big part of what I do with my clients. You know, I, I have them move and I talk to them about certain things so I can watch their movement patterns change and I can watch when they're restricted. So it's a big part of what I do one-on-one -on -one with people. So it's, it's awesome to hear what you're doing with dance because I do this with strength movement and I do it with cardiovascular movement. I do it with very focused stretch movements and I do it with dance. So, but not, probably not the way you do it, but um, so it's awesome to see someone else doing and seeing that there's a, that there's a, a whole other sect of people performing this type of, of situation or, or moving, we're moving towards that is awesome. The, the human body moves in so many planes. And if we restrict, you know, if we restrict it to certain, to certain movement patterns, we can't get everything out that we need to get out. So to hear you saying this stuff is very refreshing for me, because this is what I'm always talking about. So when, when you feel alone in the type of, of, of uh, modality that you provide people, and then somebody else comes out with it, it's such a gift. So thank you for what you do for people and thank you for, for, you know, for everything that you've been through to get you to this place. So it's, it's really awesome to hear. And, uh, you know, to bring it back around to what you were saying, human beings tend to have this unidirectional method of, of addressing a, a situation. And our society right now is very mind-based. So it's like, we're going to go to psychotherapy and we're going to talk about this, but the body needs to move and that therapy aspect needs to happen. So I think it's awesome what you're doing. You know, being that around and 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 actually having that movement and and getting up and looking. I mean, when we were kids, we would get up and shake and do all kinds of silly stuff. And now we're restricted to this, you know. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There are a few things that I, I want to respond to, and, and thank you, by the way, for acknowledging that. Um, I think, yeah, getting getting up and you mentioned like moving, and I want to mention that movement can happen even on a, the smallest level too. Like we could just start with working with breath and that's, you know, that's really effective too. Like some way to get into the body and not just, you know, with the words. Right. And, um, and you said you were, you know, to get up and move and get it out. And I, I want to talk about this a little bit about 
um, you know, dance and movement helps release for sure. It also helps us tune in and discover and whatever the opposite word of release is, is like, it helps us like just internalize different parts of ourselves that maybe we have hidden for a really long time or that, um, you know, people told us maybe someone in our family or just growing up, maybe um, the people we went to school with told us wasn't acceptable to move in a certain way. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about with like as adults, um, it's maybe it's not okay or it's seen as weird to get up and dance wherever and just kind of be free to express yourself. Um, so we, as we're conditioned over and over in the years that um, expressing certain movement qualities and you said planes too, which I love, um, that's not okay. Then again, if we think about emotion being connected to movement, um, we're not only restricting our movement, we're restricting uh, certain emotions and expressions of who we are. And so this is one of the things that I love about uh, dance therapy or just, you know, moving and dancing and exploring in this intentional way is like when we start to like, let's say, let's say there's somebody that you're, we're working with and they only really tend to move in um, controlled movements, um, controlled and light, for example, that, that can be directly translated to the way that they cope with the world and their personality. Like I am, you know, I feel like I have to be in control and I, I don't have much of a strong impact. And so we, it's great that we can directly change that in movement by incorporating more strong movements, incorporating more free movements and how that, that starts to get internalized in the body and then in our behavior, because behavior is, is physical action. Um, and so it's, it's pretty amazing that, that we can do that and also I feel like it's easier than to, to be in verbal psychotherapy and be like, okay, so you're having a lot of control in your life. Like, how can we, how can we uh, embrace more freedom and talking about it versus let's just do it. Let's, let's experience what that's like in our bodies so that we can actually physically do it. Well, and that visceral element, you know, is something that's like actionable right now just to unravel a lifetime of things can get someone stuck in their head about how they're going to go about applying that, even if they understand it. Okay. I know I have control issues, but what is that, you know, what is that going to ultimately mean for me? So I, I really appreciate the visceral element of, well, no, we're going to do something that is out of control feeling, but you're also completely safe, right? It's not an emotional out of control, even though it does, you know, you can still certainly have emotional things come up as you're dealing with body things, but what are, do you see any patterns at all with people? Like you said about, you can tell with the control thing, right? Maybe they're more rigid in the movement or just very like uh, confined or restrictive in the movement. Do you see any types of trauma that seem to have like a pattern according to the way a person moves? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can say I see trauma in you necessarily, but I can definitely see, so it's twofold. So I'm, I'm trained in movement behavior analysis. So physically I can see where there are disconnects. And then I'm also just because I've been a dance therapist for so long, because not only that, but because I've also explored movement so much in myself and had so many different experiences, 
I can also see somebody and be so aware of what comes up in my body and use that as information and insight as to what might be going on. So um, I can definitely see patterns over time. And I've also lately been experimenting with, um, le- uh, well, I'm giving away some freebies for, you know, for my sessions to just kind of get people exposed to what I do. And so recently I've been offering, send me a 60 minute 60 minute. 60 I was like, wow. That's a really long video. They're getting a lot of exposure to you. Um, a one minute video or a 60 second video of you moving. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter which way. Um, can be with music or not. Send it to me and I will I will reflect back what I see, maybe what you're repressing emotionally in your body or where there might be disconnects. And um, I'm pretty impressed with myself because this is really new and I've been able to do it a few times and people are like, oh my God, that is so spot on. Um, so I'll give you an example. Someone sent me a video and I saw the video and I felt kind of strange um, in my body. Like it felt like there was something off. There was some kind of disconnect and I couldn't figure it out at first. Um, and then I looked at it over a few times So that was information first. I was like, okay, there's something going on here. And then I realized as this person was moving, they were moving a lot of their body parts, but they were not moving their neck at all. And so that was really important information. Like, what is it about not moving your neck? And I was thinking the neck, the neck connects the head to the body. And I was thinking there seems to be a disconnect between the mind and the body. And then also this person was moving for a little bit and it was kind of disconnected and choppy at first. And then once they started getting into a flow, they said, okay, I'm done. And then I was like, well, what, what is it about that? When you start getting into a flow, why, why did you stop? Cause in me, I was like, no, keep going. Like we're getting into a flow finally. Um, and they responded to me there. They were saying, I have such a disconnect between my mind and body. I've been trying and I just, I'm so resistant. And then once I get into a flow with my work, I, I find ways to distract myself. I go and do something else. And, and it was pretty amazing. So that, that, you know, I was able to sense that right away. And, and, you know, they were like, wow, that's so validating. Thank you for seeing me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what's so fascinating, right, is because we see certain types of patterns with people. And and if we could see them dance, like, it's really even just the little bits of conversation you're having is going to change the way that I mean, we do watch body, we say, you know, for us, the body language, the language each individual's body speaks is very, very telling of what their internal experience is like, you know, and So even just like now thinking the idea of how brilliant it is, the idea of someone to dance for 60 seconds, because it's going to be whatever movement they decide to do. But no matter how much they even try to think about it or plan it, you'll still be able to catch little things, right? The awkwardness, the strangeness and using your body's intelligence to be like, well, what would that, what is that experience in my body just in, in an observant slash like intuitive nature too. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point. There is again, we are really good with words. We've been using them for most of our lives. We know how to filter what we don't want to say or what we don't want to admit. And so 
um, that's another thing about being in verbal psychotherapies. Um, you know, you can go as far as you're willing to, which may be a conscious or subconscious thing. Um, so if I don't want to talk about something, I can easily choose not to talk about it. And you'll like, you won't know. I mean, there, there are therapists who can catch on to that, but you don't really know what I'm holding back necessarily. But when I, when I don't have really any experience in what movement language means, how it's defined, how it's being expressed, it's much harder for me to me as a client to filter out what I don't want you to see or what I want to hide. And so it's just great. It's almost like a, a fast forward in a way of being able to reveal what, you know, what might be going on. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. The, um, so what are, what are you viewing as far as like, let's say someone's watching this and they're like, I don't know how to dance. I don't know how to move. I don't know how to start. What are some of like those foundational things? Like you said, the breath, right? That's an easy first kind of like stepping stone of movement. Mm-hmm. So after the breath, what is, you know, what are maybe just like the first few steps towards that direction? Yeah. I mean, it looks different for everybody, especially how much experience you have had with movement. Um, but to answer your question specifically, if there's someone who's, who doesn't know, you know, they think of movement and dance and like, oh my God, I, what, what do I do? Or how do I even start? Um, I do think that breath is a good starting point, uh, depending on the trauma history. It, it also might not be. Um, but actually would, I'd like to do a little experience to, to show if that's okay, I can do it now or a little bit later to show what, what could be a good starting point. Yeah, no, I mean, we're here now. Like the present. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And before I get that started again, it it would look different if you, if we were working together, um, we might not start with movement. You might tell me what's been going on in your life. Um, You might say, uh, this is, this is how I'm feeling right now. I don't want to move at all. Um, You know, I, and then we would explore that in words and then I can, translate that in a sense into movement and exploring that through the body okay cool yeah yeah so do you guys want to try a little something yes okay all right so um if you're comfortable that's good if not get comfortable and what i'll do is just guide you for a couple of minutes um and i'm going to ask you you can either close your eyes or lower your gaze and just start breathing. So we'll breathe in. And if you're watching, you know, of course, join on in. in. Unless you're driving and you're listening, then don't join in. <laughs> Close your eyes if you're driving. Yes. Exactly. Or move with your hands off the wheel. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so close your eyes or lower your gaze. And let's just take a few deep breaths. So breathe in. Breathe out at your own pace. And we'll breathe in again. And breathe out. We'll breathe in one more time. And breathe out. And now keeping your attention inward. Keep focusing on your breath for now. You don't have to change it. 
just make sure that you're breathing. And once you feel grounded in your breath, do a little body scan. So take your inner focus and start at your head and slowly move down your body through your, your face, your head, your neck, looking at your shoulders, your chest, your stomach, your pelvis area, your thighs, your upper legs, down to your lower legs, all the way to your feet. You can do that on your own time. It doesn't have to be that fast. Notice if any sensations come up as you're scanning your body. Don't look too hard for them. It's something will come up. So if any thoughts about, am I doing this right? Will I find something? You can acknowledge them, but try to let them go and just focus again on your body. Now notice if any sensations come up. And if you wanna share, if you have any sensation in one or two words, you can, if you wanna keep it to yourself, that's fine. Now I'm gonna ask you to track your sensation. So as, as you're looking at it with your mind's eye, is it staying in one place? And if it's in one place, is it moving? Is it, is it still, or is it moving in a certain way? It could be shrinking, it could be expanding, it could be swirling. Just notice how it's moving. Don't forget to breathe. And notice also if it's traveling to any other body parts. Is it traveling anywhere in your body? And once you kind of get a hold of this sensation and its movement, See if it wants to move you in any way. So see if it brings any impulses for you to move. Might, yeah, it might move your neck, it might move your arms, wherever it is. It might want to move something and it might, you might not want to move and that's okay too. And just follow your impulses, follow your instincts. Keep going with that for about 30 seconds. We'll, we'll do a little abbreviated part.
and just do any last movements that you might need. And then find a satisfying way to close that. Whenever you feel ready, no rush, you can take some deep breaths and open our eyes. I got so many cracks out of my neck. <laughs> I can need my neck on a crack. <laughs> you were both moving really similarly at once. And I I don't know if you can, I don't know if the audience could see your screen or mine, but it was just, that was oh. so <laughs> <laughs> You said we were moving similarly? Yeah, at one point you were both moving your necks. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> We are pretty connected with stuff. Yeah. Completing yeah. each other's senses. And totally. The, yeah. Yeah, you were at different, um, different pace, but eventually you met in a very similar movement. So that was really pleasant to watch. Ah, Shug. <laughs> you say that to all the couples on Zoom and oh, yeah, I do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm curious, what was your experience like? Well, for me, it was interesting because where I was feeling sensation, well, when you first told us to like start closing our eyes, then I started to get an itch, right? Because that happens a lot for me if it's anything that's like meditation or quiet down or, you know, something where it's like you bring the volume down and you need to go inward. Then my body's like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this, you know, like, oh, something itches. Oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. Oh, like something. So I started feeling an itch and I was like, there is no itch. I'm just going to ignore it. And then I was like, just scratch it and get like, move on with life. So I scratched it and then I was fine. Um, and the thing that was interesting is the sensation that I had was actually mostly in my back. But when I felt compelled to move, it was from my neck, which makes sense. If you understand like the, you know, the kinetic chains and stuff like that of why my, my back might be tight because of my neck versus, you know, so I found that interesting to not think about it and then just realize my upper body needed more of the movement. So for me, uh, like, I think the way I'm sitting, my foot was starting to fall asleep from when, for maybe the past 10 minutes. So I was moving my ankle a lot. And then when I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any, any other sensations pop up until I heard her neck. I think it was her neck that popped. And so I'm, I, I just, I'm so attuned to the way her pops, cracks, and movements, and where her breath shifts. I started to feel it in my neck, so I, so I, so I had to move my neck. So that's that's where I was with it. But I mean, my body has been feeling pretty pretty placid all day. So better than your body feeling flaccid all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awkward. <laughs> what does that even mean? Excuse me for a second. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah. So that to answer your question in a long way is a starting point of just tuning in and starting to, you know, you only did this once, but just starting to interocept, which is what we call it, is really feeling the sensations inside of your body and getting to know them and Cole, you mentioned a pattern that you were already aware of. And so you were aware of that coming up again. And that could you could do this over and over for a while, even before you feel comfortable with any movement. And just we can start noticing patterns 
and you know you could see and you could feel that you know that didn't require much movement or or anything really fancy or complex which it never has to be um and there's never a right or wrong way to move uh in response to your impulses and and then you know i added the little layer of like where how does it want to move your body and that is an an added layer of having your impulses move you like your deep impulses versus having your thoughts lead you and moving in flow thoughts don't lead me anywhere good (laughs) sometimes not so you said something that, that 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 is very important for me and is that there is no right or wrong way to move and i think that in our society particularly in america i can't speak for other countries but i get in my travels i've, I've seen a similar type of thing we have been shaming people for the way they move for a long time for the way you can't dance what is that you know you dance like a white girl or a white guy or, you know this type of stuff and i think it's i, I think it it the, the sh- that shaming device of how people move or calling somebody's movement silly or inappropriate it stops people from being full in themselves. And I think it's I actually think it's traumatic. It's, it's dramatic, it's traumatic, and, it's, and it's, it, it engages the stress cycle in the body. And um, I think that what you're doing and the way you do it, the way you speak about it, the, the, the lack of judgment and stuff, I think it's awesome. And I think this is something that we could benefit by bringing this into, into working with children, you know, at a very early age with, with this type of situation when they don't feel like they can express themselves. You Especially know, this- when their vocabulary is limited because, and even yeah. as adults, you know, how many people say I'm sad or I'm depressed, but they don't actually pin what the sensations are or what the feelings that are make, you know, that, that are that, I mean, it's one thing to say I'm depressed. It's another to say I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling betrayal. I feel, you know what I mean? Like really pinning and breaking it down more specifically because there's a huge difference in depression every time, even if someone experiences depression, it's not the same type, you know, and it wasn't triggered from usually the same things, even if it's linked to old, you know, situations. Yeah. And we tend to rope, Emotions. I'm sorry. We we tend to rope emotions into sad, happy, you know, these big broad things. And there are certain things that just can't be described in words. And I think that they need to be expressed in movement. And I think that's it's one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan about of movement is because I get a lot of stuff out when I move. So you know, this is awesome. You know, I really I really appreciate the way you're speaking on this. I appreciate the way you're bringing light to this. This is, this is it's great for me. Super refreshing. <laughs> Keep talking, sister. Keep talking. I'm listening. Thank you. Yeah. And the thing about depression is that it's often depression is, is way more complex than I think um, a lot of people are aware of. And it's often a numbing or repressing of like energy, physical energy or life force energy. And with dance, um, with movement, we can get in touch of that, beca- in touch with that because um you know, you were talking about, you can't move this way. This is silly. You can't dance. Um, people are telling you, you can't be who you are and who you want to, who you want to be and who you want, how you want to express yourself right now. Um, and so, yeah, we can start, people can start to, not people, we all can start to really like repress these impulses to live and to, to externalize this life force and this energy and then that becomes really 
dense and heavy and that turns into depression um, a lot of the times, not all the time. And yeah, movement is a great way to kind of awaken that force. And if you're doing it in a safe, with a safe place, in a safe space with the right people who will hold that experience for you and, um, and give you that, you know, that avail- that availability to express yourself, you can start awakening that and start coming into yourself again and being who you want to be. Yeah, I, 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 I agree completely. And, and I think, I believe in, in, in the crux of my being that we as human beings are all creators. We create things. And movement is something that is very unique to the individual. We create our own movement. This is a movement. That's my movement. You can yeah. never do that. She this can never is do that. my movement. You know, this, is, this, this is my movement. So for somebody to say, that's stupid, you shouldn't do that, that's the wrong way to move, that thwarts the creative process of a person by actually getting them to question what they're doing, to question who they are, to question how they are every single time. And it bleeds, and, I'm, and this is something that happens with the people we work with all the time. It bleeds into everything that they do. And, and it's owning somebody else's perspective of you, of your movement, of, of how things are right, you know, how things feel in, in a flow state for you. And I, I think it's so important to express through movement. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> this is just I'm glad you're excited. This is icing on the cake for me, girl. I mean, really, I, I'm, I'm this is it. This is all about yeah, this, it. I, like, really, this, this, is is, this is so everything you're saying is like, bing, 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 just hitting the nail on the head every time. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad. Um, and you're not alone. I mean, there's people who hear about this. They're like, what? This is a thing? Like, I can actually do this through movement and it's okay to move the way I want. Um, because a lot of clients that I work with, they, you know, whether they are starting to work with me or thinking about it, they, you know, they question if it's, you know, if they can do it. Because um, as of now, I have a lot of videos Um, on my Facebook page and on my YouTube channel, like really short clips of different movement explorations. And, you know, they see that and it's like, is it, is it okay if I can't move that way? And it's like, well, this is me and this is how I move. Um, And it has nothing to do with how you move this exploration. So it's not for technique. Um, It is for the way you express yourself and, you know, how, how could we do that the same way? Because we're not the same people. And, you know, this is actually, I think this is one of the biggest reasons why I'm really passionate about dance therapy and allowing people to move the way that they, you know, that they feel that that comes through their impulses is because even though I grew up dancing, I was never one of the, you know, the really great dancers. I was never going to make it professionally dancing. Um, And it took me a long time in my life to discover a space where I could dance and not feel ashamed that I wasn't as good. Um, and just, you know, be me and dance the way that feels really good for me. And one of the best things that I did was a practice called authentic movement that I still do on my own, but I did it in a, in a group structured setting where, you know, we do a lot of what I kind of just showed you of closing your eyes and letting your impulses move you. And once you know, once you get through that, am I doing it right? Is this okay? Like, why am I doing this? You, you start to internalize just following your impulses and doing what comes to you and understanding why and starting to love yourself and accept yourself, no matter what it is 
that you you're feeling called to do because mm. you and that's what you are wanting in the moment. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. Well, and it's like, it's also like this constant practice of like, like little acts of bravery for yourself, right? Just attempting a new way to move is building self-confidence, not necessarily in the move itself, but in the ability to try something new. And, you know, something that we are huge advocates of is people doing something that makes them uncomfortable. We don't mean that if you're afraid of heights, go jump out of a plane, but it's like, what little steps can you do to build your self-confidence? Because self-confidence isn't, isn't, you don't find it. You don't wake up tomorrow self-confident. It takes little steps of you really like building this foundation for yourself so that you can make big moves so that you can, you know, quit a job if you need to, or start a business you're desiring. Like it all starts at this very like fundamental foundational place. Yeah. And speaking of trauma, which you mentioned earlier, is that we don't want to shock the nervous system and have people go into, you know, fight or flight or shutdown and, you know, have them experience a horrible way to, you know, gain confidence or meet their goals in a certain way. Like we want to, you know, push them out of their comfort zone a little bit, but then bring them back into their comfort zone, into that safety zone of um, feeling calm and collected and safe. So that's a, a really great point is I don't, I don't believe in being like, all right, just go for it and see what happens because it could be um, a detrimental experience rather than a reparative or a therapeutic one. Well, it's like, you know, for some, um, and not to judge anyone that did it this way, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, some people will like throw their kids into the pool. And for some children that will traumatize them from ever wanting to go swimming again. Other kids would translate that into that was awesome and fun and exhilarating. And it's understanding that even if that seems okay for you as an individual to, and I'm talking to anyone watching or listening to just dive in or just quit your job or just do whatever, like that functions for you. You know, that doesn't function for everyone like that. That can really cause a complete paralysis or like you said, shut down that fight or flight, kick in all of those stress hormones, make it where you can't mentate clearly that you can't, you know, then you're not able to breathe and then you get anxiety. And then it's just like, it's this whole domino effect that occurs. And, you know, it's like for us, we're jump right in kind of people, but we've built to this place, yeah. I mean, you know, like we, we didn't always jump right in people. Cause a lot of times I, I had certain ways that made me look brave, but I had my own things like dance. He knows when, you know, when I first started going to dance and there wasn't alcohol involved, <sighs> I could dance if I was altered. Um, but when there wasn't something to, I guess, distract my mind or to calm my nerves down a little bit. The idea of dancing was petrifying for me. Even if I tried to do it anyway, I was sick to my stomach and, and I wasn't working through it. You know, it wasn't like, I was like, well, if I keep practicing, I'll get better. Every time was horrific for me. And I, if I ever did it, it was only for somebody else, right? They brought me out on the dance floor. So I'm like two stepping, but like, right. right. Without maybe any spinal movement. <laughs> You didn't have a bat. You didn't have your back to defend you and be like, I don't want to go. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's another great thing about starting to follow, like let your body move you um, and recognizing the patterns and working with a, with someone like me or a, a dance therapist or someone who specializes in this is 
we can start exploring like, did you just do that for me? Or did you do that for you? Or, you know, what was the intention behind that? And like all the stuff that comes along with that, because we're always in relationship with our lives. And um, that's a really common thing to act out of a place of pleasing someone else or, um, and maybe to, to, because you're afraid of not, or you're afraid of getting rejected or abandoned um, versus just doing something for me because this is what I really need right now. And this is what I, this is what I'm feeling. And that's, you know, and so again, like when we explore that in the relationship between me and the client, for example, like that's the perfect place to explore this because we're in that physical action. And we, I can point right now, like, you know, what, well, what, what was that for? You know, what was the intention? And because I don't know, let's say you're, you, you, like the client reports feeling really miserable doing a certain movement. It's like, so why, so why are you doing it? You know, let's explore that. Yeah. No. And that's a good question, right? It's like, even as for anyone that, I mean, anyone that's in even any aspect of the self-help world that's learning to um, working on themselves to any capacity. If something's not functioning for you, why are you doing it? If you're, if meditation is not working for you, why are you doing it? Yes. We all need, you know, we want to self-explore and grow and be open to new concepts, but it's also how far do you push yourself when it's like, well, who are you doing this for? If you're, if you're not connecting with it and through that process, you also do evolve and grow and say, okay, maybe I couldn't meditate before, but I'm ready to try it now. You know, and it's like when you give yourself permission to not be awesome at everything, the first time you try it, or the first time you take a bash at it, you may come back to it, you know, like circle back when you're ready and just asking yourself like, well, why? Oh, well, you're supposed to journal and you're supposed to meditate. And there's all these things you're supposed to do in order to get out of depression or to be happy. And um, I mean, the truth is most people that are anything that they're they're preaching is it's something because they're practicing it, you know, like they're actively trying to stay as close to the thing they need as possible because that's what keeps them happy. You know, like just from hearing your story, it's clear that you became, you know, that at least a portion of you becoming this dance therapist was because dance is therapeutic for you. You know, it keeps you close to something that you love and and engaged with something that means a lot to you. And I feel like that's the same with any other like type or modality or, you know, whatever is it's just that's that position of it works for you may not work for someone else right now and it could work for them tomorrow, but it really is a process. And that goes back into the vein of self. You two ladies said self back and forth like <laughs> 10 times. So since we're talking about self, this is the five days of serious self care. And um, what, what would be your top five things to share with people, right? Your top five things that you would encourage people to do to provide themselves with some serious self-care? That's a good question. Ooh, five things. Well, like Cole was saying, it depends on what works for you. But, um, you know, if this resonates with you, kind of the movement piece, like um, that you are feeling called to move more in your life, I'll put some movement-oriented tips in there. Um, Okay, so something that I was saying before, saying no more to others um, and not just, you know, to say no and make that a point, but, you know, if someone's asking you something, 
tune in to yourself before responding, take, you know, take some time and ask yourself, do I really want this? Do I really need this? And who am I doing it for if I say yes? And do I want to say no? And then respond authentically. And um, of course, we have to have before you even go on to the next one. That's the exercise tonight saying no. That wasn't even prompted people that just worked out. But I had to say that because it was funny. Okay. You're on. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's times like I I get conflicted. Like I have to compromise with sometimes, even if I really don't want to do something. But, you know, you have to tune into that too and see like, okay, my, my partner really wants to do this one thing. So I don't really want to do it, but I've said no the past three times. So let's see how we can compromise or it's really affecting them. So of course, compromise when it's really needed. But for the most part, just tune into, you know, why you're saying yes and see if you can say no more. Um, Another piece of advice would be get into your body some way, somehow. Um, It could be taking more walks. It could be, you know what, I'm going to change that a little bit because I'm sure you talk a lot about that. So get into like spontaneous creative expression more. Um, Yeah. Yeah like put on some music and see how it moves you if it wants to move you and, and try it out or um, get some, get a piece of paper and some art materials if that's what you like and just start drawing, maybe put some music on and respond to the music by, you know, by drawing. And, uh, and then there's other options of whatever, whatever it is that you, you like to do. I like to hula hoop, uh, hula hoop dance. So that's something that works for me, um, which could bring me to my next point of like find, finding your flow state. I think you talked, I think you mentioned that um, a little bit of like that flow state is that perfect space between um, it's like you lose all sense of time. You're just so focused on what you're doing that, you know, you don't, you don't think about the past. You don't think about the future. You're just in the moment and it's doing something that's challenging for you, but not so challenging that you're thinking too much about, can I do this? Is it too hard? And doubting yourself. Mm. So that was three. Um, I don't know. Well, (laughs) I'm looking at my TV right now because I'm like five is a lot, but I just thought of another one. Um, when you have to Netflix and chill or whatever your, your source is, um, do it, you know, like it's okay to be on the couch and relax and just zone out for a little bit, but do it mindfully. Mindfully zone out. (laughs) Mindfully, Yeah, no, exactly. Like I, I, and I'm sure whoever's listening and you probably have the experience of being really into a show or into a series and um, it's easy to like, it's easy to do marathon and watch show after show after show. And I think people feel guilty about, um, about watching TV. And I, I think that there's a way you can do it. You can zone out and watch TV in a way that, you know, you don't have to feel guilty and you can do it knowing that this is what you need right now. And it's okay to do that. And um you know, after each episode ends, what I do is I ask myself, I mean, I feel the addiction. I'm like, I need another one, but (laughs) I take a few breaths and I wait a minute or so. And I'm like, do I, 
is this the best decision for me? It's, you know, it's 10 o'clock. And if I watch another one, it's going to be 11 and I'm going to be really stimulated and I still have to get ready for bed. And so like just thinking and going through that process and let the, let that addiction kind of pass by because it's, you're going to feel it strongly, but it will go away. And then ask yourself if it's right for you. Yeah. Well, and especially if you have other things on your plate that need to be done, <coughs> you know, it's like, is this taking you away from things that could move you towards the kind of life you really desire? Because at the end of the day, this is a television show or, and, and they're amazing, right? There's a lot of really incredible stuff out there that the art, and this is other people getting to be creative. So you're consuming it, which is great. And you know what we realized for us like we don't even have a TV or Netflix. I mean, we have our computers, but you really can't Netflix on little laptops. So that doesn't, we have not Netflixed in a while. And when we Netflix, we go in, we block out the weekend. We, we sleep on the couch or like, I mean, when we go in, we go all full kilter three season, like we go. Yeah. (laughs) But even that becomes the intention right? Like we're going to consume this series of this experience because we have time and we love it. And we made time. Yeah. yeah, We make the time for that instead of, instead of having to distract ourselves from anything, it's like, Oh no, we're going in. Like it's time and we're (laughs) right now. Yeah. And that's such a gift to be able to set aside that time and, and what you said food together. Like it's, Epic. And a lot of times, I mean, there were times before we came out on the road that we literally put like a mattress on the floor in front of the TV for the weekend. Like we're camping out here. This is what we're doing. And it's always been binge awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's so that's four. <laughs> that sounds so great. That's oh, we four. Um, that was number yeah. four. Yeah. Something that you said about intention that I actually wanted to respond to earlier um, is if you are taking a big leap in your life, like, um, starting a business or quitting your job, this is very relevant to me right now. Um, or it's just like starting a new project or getting into a new relationship or something that's a huge transition in your life. Um, try to find flow in that process through your body. So, because when we go through a transition, there's a lot of conflicts, like, can I do this? Am I made for this? Am I strong enough? I can do it. I'm good. I'm, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be great. You know, like there's that conflict back and forth and uh, the mind can kind of get in that way. So I would say try to get out of your head during those, those times. Um, if you are feeling called to move your body and that's something that you are interested in, then do the practice that we did tonight and just tune into your body and see where your body wants to take you and let let that lead you for you know even if it's five minutes you get the relief of being out of your head and feeling the flow versus like that struggle and that conflict um and if you do feel that struggle and conflict in your body then you know that's i guess it's a further step that you know you could take and do one of the other self-care things Well, you know, and I feel like, especially in the times when I feel like I don't want to move at all is when I really need to, you know, like the times that I have resistance is like, okay, well, what can, what kind of movement can I do? What kind, you know, and for me, a lot of times it's going to try something new. 
I like for a while, I just didn't feel like doing anything. So I started taking pole, like pole fitness classes. You know, it was a new way to stimulate. It was a new emotional component and I loved it. So then I was looking forward to going versus like, I really need to go to the gym and work out. No, I needed to move. And there's a big difference between working out for fitness capacity and working out for movement practice and presence. Right. There's exercise and then there's a movement practice. Yes. And then, you know, right. Movement. And there's different ways to move within your movement practice. So there are times where I feel like I need to move. Um, and then I put on something like high energy music and I try to meet the energy of the music with my movements. And I, I feel like I am so not feeling this right now. This feels so wrong and misaligned with how I'm actually feeling. I can't force this. So I'm going to change the the music and I'm just going to start from stillness and then see where I want to go. Maybe I'll work up to being higher energy and get that release that I'm really craving like maybe it's physical release that I'm craving but I'm gonna take a step back I'm gonna go all the way to the floor maybe even start lying down and then see what happens and I could be just as satisfied in like a slow fluid um, movement experience and so if even if you do want to move you know be honest with yourself and if it feels weird if it feels wrong change it because there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with changing something. There's nothing wrong with taking a step back. And I would say that directly applies to your life. If, you know, if it feels wrong being in your job, if it just day after day, something does not feel right. Can you change it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important to, to understand that we, we are dynamic beings. Everything about us is dynamic. We never breathe the same way. We never move the same way. Our eyes never blink the same way. Everything about us is dynamic. So to expect us or expect ourselves to be the same every day, to be in the same positions every day, and to and and for that to be a static situation, very confining. And I think that the nature of us, the nature of change, the nature of the universe is change. So to confine ourselves to something that is finite is dysfunctional. It just, it just goes know? against everything that this, uh, everything is constantly evolving and changing and shifting. And, you know, so as an organism with billions of other organisms, um, nothing will ever be the same. So, so, yeah, so it's just like that, you know, that that hard control and is the very hard masculine side, right? The masculine energy and then the chaotic all over the place side. So when you get into the middle, you have the flow and then you have the pullback. You have the flow, you have that tantra right in the middle of the masculine and feminine. And that's when you have that flow state. So it's when you can get to that place, that's when your flow is. So allowing that, that ability to change, allowing yourself to flow, allowing yourself to be that giving yourself that license to be free is everything. So, I mean, I really appreciate you bringing that point up too. You're just rocking it today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad what I'm saying is resonating with you. No, yeah, you're, you're rocking I was like, today. tell me more. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I do appreciate that, um, you know, that you're telling people uh, or, or showing people how to be free in themselves and, and giving themselves license and giving yourself license. I think that, you know, as a practitioner myself, in order to, to, really get the people that I'm working with to see what's going on, I have to be in that state, you know, and I do my best to keep myself there. So kudos to you, sister, for bringing yourself into that state and to, and to, and to perpetuating that, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said about, um, like you didn't say in these words, but everything happens on a spectrum. Like it's not one way or the other. And 
I think exploring that in movement can really help you see that in life too, right? It's not moving fast or moving slow. Um, it's something, it could be something in between, or it could be an interchange between fast and slow. And it could be like accelerating versus going right into fast. So there's all this stuff in between, yeah. all this stuff in between of everything that we do. Yeah. And there's a center, but there's also things close to the center and close to the center on the other side. And, you know, like, I don't know that it's in itself gives so much freedom to know that you don't have to do something one way or the other. And there's so many possibilities. Yeah. yeah you don't have to live in black and white. There's the gray area and the gray area is so expensive. It's huge. Yeah. It's so expensive. So, I mean, this, this is a huge part of when I'm working with people they're like, well, tell me what you do. You know, your body looks this way and you move this way. Can you tell me what you do? Every day, my movement practice is different. Yeah. It's never the same. Every single day, every time I move, every time I do something, it's different. So, I, you know, it's like I teach people how to get themselves into a place where they can move safely and learn how to move within the planes of their body. And then they can they can improvise and create their art. Well, and that's the real freedom, you know. Yeah. When you be when you become spontaneous in life, you can play more. And I mean, play is just the most liberating things like I can be spontaneous and play and just be me and not have to think like is this okay or am I presenting okay or people judging me and like all that stuff stops us from being spontaneous because our thoughts are getting in the way of us just being in the moment yeah yeah, like again when you when you build a foundation of, of movement which I think is what you're talking about like um, learning all these different ways of being in movement now you have this foundation and you can just improvise because you have that strong base that you can work off of. And that, again, that translates into being spontaneous in relationships, which helps us be authentic, Um, being spontaneous in problem solving in um, coming up with creative ideas or creative uh, projects. So yeah, yeah, great. Yes. Cool. I mean, we got a solid hour already. Um, (laughs) And I mean, Unless anyone's going to pop on with questions, the uh, this, the first day I went through on Facebook. So I wasn't anticipating many people knowing to come to Facebook. But anyone watching the replay, if you have questions, um, the link will be on Facebook, which if you're watching it now, then you're seeing it on Facebook. And feel free to answer questions there. Tag us, tag Ori, whatever, you know, comes to mind is totally fine. And before we jump off, how can people get in touch with you? or the best way to get in touch with you and what kind of services can you do remotely? So if they're not proximal to you, what kind of things could they do virtually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty active on my Facebook business page where you can find me um, or Krug dance movement therapist, or it's facebook.com slash Krug DMT. I also have a website that hosts my podcast that also has information on how to contact me. So you can uh, go to www.mindyourbodydmt.com and the services that I I provide remotely over zoom how we're meeting right now and I do I'm starting with introductory sessions so if you just kind of want a taste of what this is like um, I do introductory sessions right now for $97 each for a 60 minute session but if you come onto my uh, Facebook page I'm doing a lot of offers at different times. So you might want to stay updated on on that. And I also have longer term packages available and you can 
visit my site or contact me if you're interested in that. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, for your expertise, for everything you've been through to bring this epicness to, awesome. to our people too. Awesome perspectives. Yeah, it's yeah. really appreciated. And everyone check out her podcast. It's awesome. It's a lot of different um, people talking about other various mod- modalities that are somatic as well, or experiential and really things to incorporate body, which not many podcasts or people are talking about for considering how like critical it is in our opinion. So thank you again so much. Thank you so much. You're awesome. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go stalk you. On, <laughs> on social media thank, you're you. Awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you, you so much yeah. for giving me this platform. Yeah, and I'm going to share you on my personal page and all that stuff. I want everybody to know what you're doing. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. And thank you for doing all that you're doing and, you know, giving us a voice to share all these things that, you know, could really help other people. it's super important for us yeah we've got to evolve girl and you're helping you're helping that happen so thank you thank you you are too (laughs) thank you